Is the WWE draft a fresh coat of paint for both brands or just more of the same old, same old? What's up? Fred Ricciani, TSC, your home for wrestling news updates, interviews, and everything in between. If you're new here, please consider subscribing. The WWE draft just wrapped up. I haven't been into WWE lately outside of the pay-per-views. Pay-per-views have actually been surprisingly pretty good, but the shows, day-to-day, week-to-week, massive gaps in logic, a lot of the same old, same old, the Hurt Business wrestling Ricochet over and over again, I guess, except not anymore, since Ricochet won a match, finally, sort of, but we shifted some superstars, we kept some superstars in place, let's go through it, and we'll do a little bit of a, an analysis on here, although, I gotta say, I'm not confident that they're gonna uphold these draft restrictions, I mean, we got Survivor Series coming up in a, about a month or so. So isn't that supposed to be in her brand unless it's going to be Raw and SmackDown versus NXT? I'm not really sure, but let's uh, go down the list. So we had night one on October 9th, this past SmackDown. Drew McIntyre drafted a Raw. Keep in mind, everybody it was open season for everybody. So anybody that, that's currently on the Raw brand was a free agent, SmackDown brand free agent. Hence why you see some brands like Raw redrafting Drew McIntyre, even though they already technically had Drew McIntyre. So, Drew McIntyre Raw, still WWE Champion, facing Randy Orton at Hell in a Cell. Yes, they had an ambulance match, and now they're going to have a Hell in a Cell match. It'll be a great match, but it's been like three months of this, man. Come on. Roman Reigns to SmackDown, the current Universal Champion. He's facing Jey Uso at Hell in a Cell. Uh, I believe they're wrestling in an I Quit match, which... Should be a hell of a match, but at the same time, like they hyped it up as, oh, the the biggest uh, or highest stakes they to be match in history or something, and it's like, it's an I quit match, dude. Like, come on. And apparently, it is taking place at the moment inside Hell in a Cell. So, there you go. Should be a hell of a match, but high stakes need to be history. That's a lot, a little bit of uh, hyperbole for me. Oscar, go remaining on Raw. She's the Raw Women's Champion. She's going to be wrestling Lana down the road. That's right, Lana, who won a number one contender's battle royal. Hey, good for her. Seth Rollins is going from Raw to SmackDown. And Seth, I think, has been the longest Raw guy in recent memory. He's been on Raw since like 2016. So the Monday Night Messiah, I guess, is the Friday Night Messiah. Kind of ridiculous, but okay. I hate the gimmick, but he's a great wrestler. Hurt Business thing on Raw. AJ Styles is going to Raw. Sasha Banks staying on SmackDown. Naomi going to Raw, Bianca Belair to SmackDown. By the way, I hate the fact that in WWE's management pool, they, they feel like Bianca Belair and, and Naomi are just interchangeable because they happen to be both be talented black women. It's, it's ridiculous. You could have multiple people of different of backgrounds or the same background on the same damn brand. It's so, I, I don't know. It's so stupid. Some people may think it's overanalyzing. I don't think so. I think WWE sees them as interchangeable, or at least some people do. And unfortunately, they don't realize it's 2020, uh, not 1960. So that that is another podcast for another day. But either way, I hope both uh, women succeed tremendously. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler drafted to Raw. They're the Raw tag team. Well, technically, the women's tag team champions, not the Raw women's tag team champions, meaning they can still go from show to show, so SmackDown, NXT, etc. although they've primarily been on Raw. Ricochet stays on Raw. Jey Uso stays on SmackDown. Mandy Rose stays on Raw and... She was moved to Raw just a few weeks ago, which made no sense in storyline, and now she's randomly teaming with Dana Brooke. Okay. Rey Mysterio and Dominic went to SmackDown. So this feud with Seth Rollins that never ends, that has featured eyeballs and Buddy Murphy being a creep with the Leah, among other things, 
will continue on Friday night. All right. Miz and Morrison to Raw. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods to Raw, which means Big E stays on SmackDown, which means the New Day is technically sort of broken up, at least as a trio. Hopefully uh, everything goes well for Big E. Big E was left on SmackDown. Dana Brooke left on Raw. Otis on SmackDown. My God, I was a big Otis fan. I still like the guy and everything. But he has lost so much momentum. And I don't know if he had COVID at one point or was exposed to somebody, and that's why he was off TV. I feel like there's a period where he was off TV for a while. But ever since WrestleMania, he's just been kind of a guy. He's still funny. He's still entertaining. If there was a crowd, I, I think he it would definitely help his cause more. But I, I'm just not feeling him. And, you know, I'm not one to have buyer's remorse on guys that win money in the bank, you know, when I'm high on them. Because at the time, I was like, you know what? Screw it. It's fun. Otis is the Money in the Bank winner. I thought the Money in the Bank match was wacky but entertaining. But then in the back of my mind, I was like, you know what? Maybe he won't really hold it. Who knows? We'll see. At least this is a nice push for him. Maybe they'll, they'll make him more serious. And instead, they put him in all these wacky vignettes. And he's awesome. But the more I heard him actually talk, the more I was just like, all right, cool. Like, like he's great in small doses and small spurts. And... Yeah, I, I don't know. They got Right now, at this stage, I, I think they got to get the briefcase off of them, and I, I think at some point they will. Hopefully at Survivor Series, maybe an NXT guy wins it, like Damian Priest or something, or they do something maybe at a, you know, TLC, assuming they're still having that pay-per-view, where somebody climbs the ladder and grabs it. Although I'm so over gimmick matches at this point in either WWE or AEW. I mean, way too many, way too many risky bumps. But again, another podcast for another day. Uh, and Angel Garza stays on Raw. Umberto Carrillo stays on Raw. <laughs> he hasn't been doing anything anyway. Poor guy. Uh, Murphy goes to SmackDown. So, that, again, that Seth feud must continue. Drew Gulak to Raw. Kalisto stays on SmackDown. Tucker goes to Raw. So, heavy machinery split up. I actually think Tucker could do really well for himself if given the opportunity. You know, he's a better promo than people think. He's a better worker than people think. But And, and he's got the size that Vince McMahon likes. But I, I, I don't know. I, unfortunately, I think things are so jumbled with WWE week to week that I think he's going to be in obscurity at least for a little while. I hope I'm wrong, though. But keep in mind, Mustafa Ali, my main man, my Arab brother, he got revealed as a leader of Retribution. And while I am not a fan of making a Middle Eastern guy the face of a storyline, I don't know, want to be in, in Tifa organization in Vince's eyes, uh, you know... Uh, especially as a Lebanese guy who grew up in Muhammad Hassan. Ugh. I was like, you know what? Okay, at least he'll be front and center. JDB is terrible at making baby faces unless your name is Drew McIntyre. So maybe they'll give him an opportunity to get on the mic. He'll kill it because he's a great wrestler. Even though some people disagree with me, he is a great wrestler, folks. And who knows? Maybe he'll get over so much as a heel that they'll eventually turn him baby face and he'll get that big run that he should have gotten a couple years ago. But instead, they booked Retribution for Raw and they just weren't on the show. They scrapped it. They did just three hour show. You couldn't find time to have a, a retribution, a retribution promo. Nothing, nothing about them going after a WWE title or a universal title. I guess the WWE title since they're staying on raw, nothing about the WWE universe. You know, you know, not even like a black and white thing, like old school NWO, nothing, nothing ridiculous. Just, just utterly, utterly ridiculous. It's just so stupid. And, Man, I don't, I don't know. It's it just, I don't like Retribution at all. I, I like the wrestlers involved in Retribution. They're very talented, but the, the gimmick names like T Bar and Slapjack and 
the things you find in Urban Dictionary under those names is, is quite revealing. And then again, Mustafa Ali, you know, it's just, he's a great baby face. Like, what the hell? Leave it to Vince McMahon to see a former cop who is speaking out against social injustice and say, God damn, we got to put him in the group of hoodlums. You know, like Vince McMahon logic. The man is in 1960. I don't know. Whatever. Although a lot of people are these days, unfortunately. I'll leave it at that. On Raw, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, got drafted to Raw from SmackDown, which means he's probably feeding with Drew McIntyre down the road. Poor Drew. Bailey stays on SmackDown. Randy Orton stays on Raw. The Street Profits, the current Raw Tag Team Champions, go to SmackDown. And here's the wacky thing. And this is something Voices of Wrestling talked about online, too. WWE... Because of the pandemic, they're being given a, a, a huge pass by a lot of media. Especially, I think, like, Forbes wrote, like, Stephanie McMahon's, like, the most progressive women's executive or whatever. No, she's not. No, she's not. They're terrible with race relations. They're terrible with health and safety protocols. Although they've, got, they've gotten better only because they had to. But they've had at least two freaking outbreaks. And when it comes to just pure storylines and storytelling, so many logic gaps. And do you know what they did? They, they had the New Day backstage with their SmackDown belts. They had the Street Profits backstage with the Raw belts. And they just traded the belts like they're a pair of Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah, here you go. You know, I, I got the red Charizard. Okay, here's the blue Charizard. I got the fossil version. Oh, here's the, here's the uh, I don't know, the acrylic version. Whatever. Here you go. Thanks. Good trade. See ya. These are titles, not Pokemon. They're supposed to mean something. Man, the, the title history historians... We're going to have fun with that one. Charlotte Flair stays on Raw. Braun the Strowman moves to Raw after beating Daba Kato, which I thought was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Should have kept him undefeated. Daniel Bryan stays on SmackDown, although he's not been seen for a while because he just had a new child. Congrats to Bryan and Bree. Uh, Matt Riddle goes to Raw, so he will be problematic there as he's getting his ass sued. Kevin Owens goes to SmackDown, so he's reunited with Sami Zayn. Of course. Jeff Hardy to Raw. I kind of like Jeff Hardy on SmackDown. I don't know. Uh, Retribution is on Raw. Makes no sense to me because they're the, the, the group that's been demolishing Raw and SmackDown left and right. And then you just sign them so they could continue to wreck stuff. It's wacky. It's, it's, it's very wacky. Lars Sullivan. And, and oh, by the way, Retribution. Mustafa Ali. T-Bar, a.k.a. Donovan Dijak or Dominic Dijakovic. Mace. <laughs> Mace. A.k.a. I think, uh, is, is Mace Dio Madden? Yeah, Dio Madden. Slap Jack. Slap Jack, who is uh, Shane Thorne. Man, ter- terrible names. And Reckoning, which isn't that bad, who is uh, Mia Yim. By the way, Mia Yim, the real-life girlfriend of Keith Lee. Apparently, Keith Lee doesn't realize that his girlfriend's in retribution. So there you go. Lars Sullivan remains on SmackDown after returning on SmackDown. Uh, I should just call him Sars Sullivan because he's as tolerable as Sars these days. This guy caught saying horrible racist things. It's one thing to say some awful things when you're a teenager on a wrestling forum. Not that I condone that either. But there were things that he said that were pretty racist going back to when he was like 23. And I'm sorry, when you're like 23, 24, you should probably know better. Now, granted, that was before he was signed. 
still. Then it was uncovered that he uh, did uh, pornography or at least participated in some semblance of what would be considered pornography. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Not hating. Uh, but chances are, I don't think WWE realized that. Maybe they did and they just overlooked it because he's a giant freak of nature and you know, Lars Sullivan's don't come around very often as far as like how they look. I don't know. And, and then most recently... He got caught DMing a yoga instructor and talking about how she has a nice booty and legs or whatever and got blocked by her. And Bodyslam.net posted the screenshots and all the receipts. So I look at this guy. He's not that talented in the ring. Yeah, he's got a very uh, unique look. Yeah, he's thick with two Cs. But there are a lot of guys and girls that are far more talented, far less problematic, great ambassadors of the company or could be great ambassadors of the company who are in NXT we're chilling and catering like Chad Gable. And he got this dumbass, bumass, ogre looking. I don't even know. I mean, I don't know. He, he, he looks, he's just a very ugly dude. Okay, not the body shame. He's just a very ugly dude and a very, it seems like a very ugly person, personality wise, too. So I don't want this guy on my TV. It's really annoying. I'm trying to enjoy wrestling these days, at least of the American variety. And I see Velveteen Dream and Austin Theory, who have been linked to sending inappropriate messages to underage kids. To, to children, I'm not even saying underage kids, children, okay, with, with no transparency of how Teddy's investigations went. We got Matt Riddle, who's been accused multiple times of sexual assault by Candy Cartwright, who's now suing him and the company. On top of that, at the very least, he's been outed as a terrible husband. And while he's far from the only wrestler or athlete to ever be outed as a terrible spouse, I mean, the reality is, man, he has not come off well at all. At all. I'm not saying he's guilty of being anything other than any whole husband. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. We'll, we'll certainly find out as, as this case progresses. But, you know, he's done nothing to really endear himself to a locker room. He's done nothing to endear himself to to fans. And, yeah, I don't know. When I see him, I, I just don't care for him either. So you got Velveteen Dream, Austin Theory on NXT. You got Matt Riddle on Raw. And then you got Douchebag Sar Sullivan on SmackDown. Great. Awesome. Ugh. King Corbin on SmackDown. And while King Corbin is boringly proficient, I'll say this. Based on the aforementioned clowns that, that, that were just named, I've never appreciated the boringness and the relative tameness of King Corbin more, more than I have now in my life. So King Corbin, keep staying out of trouble. Keep having your boringly proficient matches. Alexa Bliss goes to Raw and, of course, her and uh, Bray Wyatt hit the double sister Abigail, so they're going to be together. I still find it wacky since she's dating a pretty big celeb in Ryan Cabrera in real life, and they're posting about the relationship. And look, I'm not saying you have to keep kayfabe all the time. It's fine. It's 2020. But it's just kind of weird because her partner, Nikki Cross, was groomed to have the crazy evil girl gimmick for years in NXT, and now she's just kind of the happy-go-lucky friend of this really weird, weird girl, Hexa Bliss. I don't know. Elias to Raw, so he's back to have boringly proficient matches. Sami Zayn stays on SmackDown as the IC champion. Yes, they waited that long to draft the Intercontinental Champion in storyline. Ridiculous. Lacey Evans goes to Raw. Okay. Cesaro and Shinsuke stay on SmackDown. Sheamus goes to Raw, so we get feud with Jeff Hardy for the 100th time. Nikki Cross goes to Raw with Alexa. Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode go to SmackDown. Weren't they just on Raw? I'm so, I'm so confused. I'm so confused. So they were on Raw. Now they're on Smack. 
like, I feel like they just flipped more like recently too. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Our truth stays on Raw. He's a twenty four seven champion. Apollo Cruz goes to SmackDown, so he can't get beat up by by the Hurt Business. Daba Kato to Raw. I really like his look, but I, I would not have had him lose to Braun Strowman. Tyus O'Neil stays on Raw. Carmella stays on SmackDown with a new gimmick that kind of seems more like her old gimmick. Peyton Royce, Raw. Alistair Black, SmackDown. I guess his eye's back healed, and he's not going after Rollins, even though Rollins is the one that took out his eye. Akira Tozawa, Raw. And then supplemental picks. Lana stays on Raw. Natalia goes to SmackDown. Riddick Moss goes to, stays on Raw. Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan of the Riot Squad go to SmackDown. And Arturo, Arturo Huas goes to Raw. So I actually wasn't really all that familiar with uh, Arturo Huas, but apparently he was born in Beirut, Lebanon, which, uh, you know, it's un- unfortunately went through some serious tragedy this year. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm Lebanese-American, so I got, I got family members uh, from Beirut. And, uh, you know, it, it is pretty damn cool to see a, a Lebanese wrestler. So I, I am actually really pumped about that. When I did my research on him, I was like, I know he's from Brazil, but I know there's a lot of Lebanese in Brazil, and he looks Lebanese, and, hey, he's Lebanese-Brazilian, so that's pretty cool. Uh, what worries me about my guy, though, is that while he's got a great background in jiu-jitsu and capoeira, is that he's 39 years old. So age is absolutely working against him. But for whatever strange reason in today's wrestling, for better or worse, I think it's somewhere in the middle, if you're older, it's actually working for you pretty well. I don't know what that says. You know, I think in some ways it's kind of bad if you're WWE. In some ways it's been kind of good with AEW because they have a lot of young stars, but they also have guys like Dustin Rhodes who are over the age of 50 who are still great workers. So, hey, I wish the guy the very best. One of my mentors and friends, Diamond Dallas Page, didn't become a wrestler until 35. I don't think he became a world champion until after 40. So, Anything is possible, and DDP had a, a great career. So my best wishes uh, to my Arab brethren. And then lastly, I think that's pretty much it. The only free agents we have as of press time, it could change by the time you guys listen to this, um, Shorty G, free agent. It, it pains me so much to say Shorty G. Chad Gable, dude needs to go to Japan or something. Uh, Mercedes Martinez, she was AKA retaliation on Raw as part of Retribution. I guess she's staying in NXT. Uh, Lucha House Party. It looks like they're... Oh, the Lucha House Party signing went raw. So Kalisto's on SmackDown. Lucha House Party's on Raw. Hmm. Okay. They they never did the... the they did a breakup, but they never did the actual match. And actually, I should correct myself. Shorty G is staying on SmackDown. Uh, Billy K to SmackDown. Okay, so it looks like most of these are confirmed. Eric to Raw. Tamina Slicka stays on SmackDown. Zelina Vega to SmackDown. Andrade is still free agent as of press time, so he may stay on Raw. He may go to SmackDown. Becky Lynch, but, you know, she's on hiatus. She'll probably be back on SmackDown or Raw eventually. Big Show. Uh, Bo Dallas. The Forgotten Bums. I mean, Sons. They've been free agents forever. Ivar. Uh, get well soon, Ivar. Uh, Jimmy Uso. I think he's going to stay on SmackDown. Jinder Mahal. Kane. Oh, Kane's busy being a mayor not enforcing uh, masks because he's a, a dumbass in 2020. Uh, Maurice, she's living under contract. Mickey James and Mojo Raleigh. Okay, so we'll find out what happens to them down the road. But yeah, so that's the draft 2020. Uh, doesn't make me terribly excited for anything. 
Uh, I think the real problem with WWE right now is they just haven't built up a lot of stars. Roman Reigns is great, but it took him a long time to finally say, hey, maybe we should turn him heel and give him this badass character. Drew McIntyre is great, uh, but unfortunately his rise came during you know one of the lowest periods, uh, which is no fault of his own, but just tough for him, although I, I think he's great. Bailey and Sasha Banks are fantastic, but I think they really should have kept him together up until WrestleMania. I really think that they were the hottest act in the company across all three brands, and I think you really could have stretched it out to Mania. Now, maybe you still can. Maybe they'll do a Hell in a Cell match where, I don't know, God forbid, they do some crazy spot with Sasha. She falls off. They keep her off TV, and then eventually she wins the Royal Rumble and faces Bailey. Uh, but I, I have a feeling they're going to do some type of blow-off here. I mean, it's a Hell in a Cell match, although... In recent years, they've totally devalued the Hell in a Cell, which pains me as somebody that grew up on the Hell in a Cell. Being a real match that ended feuds was not just a stopgap for feuds. So current Hell in a Cell card is as follows. Three Hell in a Cell matches. That is obscenely excessive, in my humble opinion. Very very excessive. And I actually went to the first Hell in a Cell pay-per-view back in 2009. I had a great time, but man, three Hell in a Cell matches, too many. So... Roman versus Jey Uso and an I quit match for the Universal title inside Hell in a Cell. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton inside Hell in a Cell for the WWE title. And Bayley versus Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's title inside of Hell in a Cell. So if it were me, I'd, I'd main event with Bayley and Sasha Banks, even though, again, I feel like it's too soon. And I'm sure this will continue the trend of really good WWE pay-per-views. They had a good one with SummerSlam. They had a good one with Payback. They had a really good one with Clash. I think this will be good unless they do some wacky thing where Drew McIntyre and, and Randy Orton main event. The Fiend comes out and the Fiend just destroys both guys. And for the second straight year, we have, or I guess maybe the third straight year, we'd have a non-finish in the Hell in a Cell main event. Let's hope that's not the case. But anyway, folks, that's all I got. I'm not really feeling this draft. I'm not really feeling this WWE product right now, but I want to hear from you. What do you think about the current state of WWE? What do you think about Hell in a Cell coming up? What do you think about all the craziness going on outside of the ring? The Matt Riddle case, the WWE stock, all the rumors and, and rumblings uh, uh, about how this could uh, affect WWE's TV deals going forward. Let me know. Leave a comment below if you enjoyed this update. Like, share. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an update. And until next time, as always, enjoy the matches and please... Stay safe.